We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this Sunday, September eighteenth. It is the the home opener for the Green Bay Packers. Disappointing week one to the season, but uh, that's why they play uh, what now? Seventeen games. We got sixteen more to go, so sixteen and one is the new uh, end goal for the season for the Packers, and we'll just keep adjusting it as they lose games, which I don't think we're going to be losing many more, but we'll just keep adjusting that stat. So sixteen and one, never hurt anybody. Look, last week we put it in the past. You know they got beat by the Saints thirty-eight to three last year in their home in their week one. Uh, game. I'm not overly worried about it. We're on to the Bears. It's week two, um, back at Lambeau Field. And Gage, Jimmy, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always fun playing the Bears. It's been fun playing the Bears for a while now because they suck. Now, that being said, you know, every year is different. You don't want to assume that you're just going to walk into a game and win. I, you know, the line being what the last I saw was nine and a half in favor of Green Bay. Um, 
you know, that's nice to see, but you know, every year is a new year. You never know what's going to happen. Green Bay is going to get their stuff figured out. It's just hopefully they get it figured out sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I saw recently the Packers are what eleven and one in their last twelve meeting meetings against the Bears, um, and it's I think stat. that <laughs> yeah, so pr- pretty good stat. Uh, so uh, you know, a team that you like to see coming off a loss. So um, let's start with you know. We're just previewing the, the matchup for today's game. Let's start with probably the biggest uh, talking point going into the game. As of right now, as of time of recording, it's Saturday night. We don't have any official word on any of these guys, but um, obviously the offensive line, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon Jr., um, you know, we think they're going to play, but maybe not. We also, we went into last week. I remember Friday, everybody's like, oh, Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari, they're going to play. And then neither of them played. So uh, it sounds like uh, Elton Jenkins was a full participant in practice this week uh, on Friday. And um, so, you know, good to see that. But uh, Jimmy, just get us started. I mean, you know, offensive line was... Well, it, it's hard to say because nothing really seemed to go right last week. Nothing really yeah. looked good. So it's hard to say that like, oh, they didn't play well because the offensive line wasn't playing well. Like they just didn't play well. So, I mean, obviously getting Bakhtiari back and Jenkins back would be great to have them both. Um, but I mean, at this point, you're just taking anything, right? I mean, do you expect either of the tackles to play to play against the Bears? I think if we see one of them, I think it would be Elton Jenkins. I think at this point with Bakhtiari, I don't know what's the point of bringing him back this week uh, instead of resting him and letting him come back against the Buccaneers team. Like I'd rather, I'd rather have him be fully healthy, get another week of rest. Um, I don't know. I think he's played long enough. I saw your face gauge. I think he's, I think he's played long enough to where I don't think there's going to be much rust with him. I think he's an all, he is an all pro talent. I think he'll be fine. He might maybe in the first quarter, figure out how to get his feet back under him, but I would rather have him take another week, come back against the Buccaneers with the more dangerous defensive line, uh, especially if it's, if he's not hundred percent this week, there's no reason to rush it. Elton Jenkins, if he plays, I wouldn't be surprised, especially because he's a full participant participant Friday, but I'm on the same thing with him. There's no reason to rush it. I don't, I guess I don't really know what the point is of bringing them back a week early. If you against a team that we should be able to easily handle, unless it's just kind of getting that, cohesion on the offensive line, um, which def- there's a point to that, but we're talking about two veterans that can show they're able to to jump in and play right away. So um, I'll be surprised if Bakhtiari plays, not surprised if Jenkins, but if I was the coach, which I'm not because I'm an idiot, I would just give him another week's rest and let him come back against a, a better team. Gage, what are your thoughts on, on Jenkins and Bakhtiari this week? You know, I, I agreed with Jimmy to a certain extent of if we're going to see one of them, I think it would be Elton just from the standpoint of he did. He was a full participant on Friday of the four guys that are questionable. He, uh, Alan Lazard, Bakhtiari, and then John Runyon. He was the only one that was a full participant on Friday. Um, and ultimately, I think that you just go with the idea of I don't want to say rest them, but it it makes no sense to rush them back. If they're if they're not hundred percent healthy, I don't love throwing them into the fire against Tampa. I, I just I that's not doesn't sound like fun to me. But there's no point in rushing them back against Chicago just for one of them to sustain an injury with like Bakhtiari. And, and again, I talked about this on 
a podcast uh, in the last couple of months where I said that Bakhtiari, I wouldn't be surprised if he sustained an injury against Detroit last year, and that's why it's taking him so long to come back. And sure enough, less than a week later, I was proven right when it was announced that he did sustain a re-injury or he sustained a new injury against Detroit, and that's why everyone's like, oh, well, he's taken two years to come back from torn ACL. No, he's taken he's taken months to come back from a different injury that was completely separate from the original one. I don't know what the specific injury is because they just keep saying it's a knee problem, but whatever. That's how the NFL works. They're vague about things that they want to be vague about. Um, I think if we're going to see any of them come back, it'd be Elton. I'm not convinced Bakhtiari is going to be back, but I, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm done getting my hopes up of expecting a guy that I want to see on the field play. Uh, I'll get excited when I see him officially jog onto the field. Like he could come out onto the sideline in full pads and not be like inactive. And I still wouldn't expect him to play at this point until he's on the field. I'm going to assume he's not playing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, especially more so with Bakhtiar with his injury, just being, you know, taking as long as it has been, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, I, Again, you'd like to think that Green Bay would be able to beat the Bears without having to have those guys on the field. Obviously, having them there makes it, you know, you know that much more winnable of a game and obviously going to help Aaron more. But, you know, it's not the only it's not the only issue Green Bay had last week, you know, and that brings us to Alan Lazard, Jimmy. You know, also one quick thing about Rodgers last week and the offensive line. Two of those sacks were his two of those sacks were Rodgers. 100 percent. It, like the first two, like if you want to give two of them to the offensive line, that's fine. But the second two, he held the ball way too long. Like there's, and people could be like, oh, well, the offensive line's got to hold up. No, you're an 18 year veteran. You got to have that clock in your head. I'm not, I don't play football. I, I sit on my couch. I, I don't, I don't play. I've never played football at any level other than flag football in intramurals in college, although I was a four time champ. So, Big dog. You got like three-time back-to-back champ. Fourth year, we were like 5-0. and oh, They didn't have a championship for some reason. But anyway, if you, like, you got to have a clock in your head when you played for 18 years. You know when that protection is breaking down. Additionally, you know that you're dealing with backups in front of you. Your clock has got to be faster. You know that. He knows, like Aaron Rodgers is one of the smartest, most cerebral quarterbacks the game has ever seen. There's no, no denying that. He has to know to get rid of the ball especially considering that was the whole thing the like last year McCarthy. Oh, Rodgers doesn't like to take sacks. He doesn't like to throw risky balls. He just likes to throw the ball away. You got to know when the clock when clocks up, man. Come on. Like those last two sacks, I firmly put those those are in his those are in his court. I'm not putting those on the offensive line. They they weren't perfect in that game. And they allowed pressures, but at least two of those sacks are those belong firmly to him. Well, and that that brings us though to Lazard in the sense that, you know, Hopefully, if he can play that, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, especially for a receiver, an ankle injury. You, it's interesting to see how that holds up over the three, the course of, you know, four quarters, three hours of a game, Jimmy. Um, but, you know, what does having Alan Lazard back, you know, mean for this offense? Obviously, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, they they were hmm, very inconsistent, to say the least, in week one. Uh, and, you know, Sammy Watkins, you know, looked like he was out there, you know, at least running good routes and whether or not Aaron's just not up to par with him yet on what he feels comfortable with. That's something that he's just got to work through. But I mean, you know, obviously having Lazard back is going to be great. But I mean, ultimately, when we're looking at the passing game, 
you know, I assume he becomes target number one. And I, at this point, I think everybody's just praying that Rodgers doesn't start to look at him like Devontae in the sense of, well, you know, I got five guys out in a route and I'm only looking one direction. Yeah, I it'd be idiotic to do that because they're on very, very different levels of receiver. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that this is going to help is third down, I think, is going to be where Alan Lazard shines. Like he's he's come up consistently with uh, for the Packers on third down. Rodgers looks to him in college. He's mentioned he was um, we did an interview with him. Shoot, it was probably a year, a couple years ago now after his breakout season. And he mentioned like he was responsible for most of his college third down conversion. Like he is the guy on third down, Mr. Consistent. Uh, and I think this gives someone for Rodgers who Cobb's not the same player. He's not someone you can rely on on third down. He'll surprise you. He'll make a play here and there every other game, maybe. But Lazard's going to be that guy on third down Rodgers looks to. And I think even if it's just a confident confidence booster in Rodgers to have that person on the field, um, I think that's going to be going to be big because we struggled in a lot of areas last week. And I think one of them was just Rodgers didn't have a guy that he felt comfortable with. Uh, besides doing checkdowns to the running backs, like besides that, he didn't have a receiver where he could be like, "Oh, you can you can make this play for me." Uh, and I don't think that drop from Christian Watson helped opening play. And I think that just put Rogers right back in the way of, "I need to go to the guys that I trust." And unfortunately, he was one of his three were out, so or one of his four were out. Um, but I I think he's gonna be big this week on third. Yeah, and Gage, I want to talk to you about the running backs. Jimmy had mentioned them there. Um, probably the most frustrating comment I heard this past week uh, fr- from the Vikings game was both Rodgers and Lafleur making mention of Aaron Jones only touching the ball eight times in that game. Um, and it was frustrating because I don't know. I think f- between the two of those guys, they have a lot of control over Aaron Jones not touching the ball that much. Um, you know, the running backs were featured a lot in the sense that in the passing game that Aaron seemed to be throwing to them a lot. Um, do you expect to see a lot of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon this this Sunday? Um, or do you expect to see them maybe spread the ball out and try to work on this passing game a little bit more? You know, I got to check my notes real quick. Let's see the head coach and the four-time MVP quarterback. Yeah, they do have a, a little bit of an impact in the ability to get certain players the ball. I I checked my notes here. I have it written down. That is um, that is something I had written down. So glad we got that cleared up. But the thing is, though, like they went into this games saying that or uh, Jones and Dylan were going to be focal points of the offense, and that didn't happen. So like, okay, so the one thing, doesn't so so the one thing that I'm going to kind of give to Rodgers and LaFleur in this situation is the fact that they they were punched in the mouth early. And I saw, let's see, I think it was, I think it was Aaron Nagler earlier this week tweeted it. It was either him or Bukowski. I'm not hundred percent sure. It was one of those guys that like had, will, will say negative things about green Bay from time to time that LaFleur teams don't do well when they get punched in the mouth, they just don't bounce back and they, they don't. But then again, LaFleur team's getting punched in the mouth. I don't know if it's just been like dumb luck or what, like when they've gotten rocked, they get rocked. Like, it's like if I get stepped in the ring against like prime Mike Tyson, like it just, they're knocked out early. And I'm like, what the hell happened? I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like against the games against San Francisco, the year that San Francisco went to the Super Bowl, the, the game against the saints last year, the game against the bucks in the regular season, a couple of years ago, there's just, 
for whatever reason, whenever Green Bay gets punched in the mouth again under LaFleur, it is just it looks like it's not even fair. It so I so I'm gonna give them a little bit of a break that your game plan gets a little messed up when things like that happen. And then also from a game flow perspective, when the Watson drop happens, I should have lied that Minnesota money line. Because when that because that's one of those things like sometimes you're gonna shake that off. But in my mind, what happened was Minnesota just went down on a dominant offensive drive, and then your play to counter it, which should have kept you right in the game and would have immediately silenced the crowd, didn't happen. It was a drop. Like, Watson cooked him. Like, he cooked Peterson, who was a guy that was, like, top corner in the league five, six years ago. And that right there told me Green Bay ain't winning this game. I held out hope longer than that. I knew after that play that that game should have, that that game was over because that right there tells you it's just going to be one of those days. And sure enough, it was. I think that Dylan and um, Jones are going to be heavily featured in this game, and especially if Alan Lazard plays, which people would be like, well, if the number one wide receiver is active, why would that help those guys more? Alan Lazard is one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL, full stop. It helps the fact that he's like 6'4 and like 225 pounds or whatever he is, but he loves to block. He's really good at it. And having him in the game makes it to where you can run out of more sets. You can have your two running backs on the field and you can also, but you can still run when you're in three wide receiver sets, which not a lot of the teams can do because they don't have a wide receiver that can block as well as Lazard can. So I think that featuring Dylan and Jones heavily will set you up for success. Uh, looking at the Chicago game from last week, yeah, it was a slot fest, but San Francisco was running the ball. And San Francisco's interior offensive line is absolutely terrible. Like, they are awful. I was listening to a podcast with uh, that had a guy named Benjamin Solak on it. He works for The Ringer. If you guys don't follow Ben Solak, you absolutely need to. He is one of the best football minds in the game right now. He And he's like 24, 25 years old. He's younger than me. He is phenomenal. I love listening to him talk football. I love reading everything he does. I just want to shout him out. He'll never have any idea I said any of this, but just you guys need to follow his work. He's awesome. But he mentioned, he's like, I if I don't know you, I that's not good. He's like, I'm not trying to sound conceited, but if I don't know who you are, he did not know the right guard. He's like, I could not tell you who it is. I don't know anything about him. He's like, so if I don't know you, that's probably bad because this is a guy that scouts the draft. He knows everybody. They're, that interior offensive line is bad, and they were running all over Chicago. They just couldn't do anything in the passing game. So Green Bay, I, I think, can move the ball through the air just because Aaron is Aaron. But I think they'll be able to run all over Chicago, despite the fact, even if Bakhtiari and Elton and running don't play, I think they'll be able to run the ball. Plus, I think that with all those injuries, Zach Tom might even get in the game. So. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this offense works. Um, it'll be interesting, too, to see, you know, with Liz, if Lazard does play, um, I'm going to be really interested to see what uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, how much they're featured in the game. I know they those two were featured, you know, heavily last week. You know, I mean, granted, they were right behind um, Cobb and Sammy Watkins, and obviously the injury to Lazard helps with that. But um Jimmy, moving to the other side of the ball here, defensive side, you know, everybody kind of jumped on the Packers defense last week. And I mean, in some respects, I feel like it's fair. Uh, but in other respects, I mean, they only gave up six points in the second half. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, when you're looking at the NFL, 
you know, if you have a defense that, I mean, 23 points isn't great, but it's also not terrible. I mean, the average score in an NFL game is 24. So, I mean, you're right there, you know, um, it just looked terrible because the offense didn't play well. And I mean, considering that this defense was, you know, so lauded over the off season, um, you know, Justin Jefferson doing what he did, didn't really help with any of that, but, um, you know, what do you expect to see from this defense this week? It felt like last week, Jimmy, in watching it, and everybody kind of talked it to death about, you know, them playing zone coverage, not, you know, putting Jair on Justin Jefferson last weekend. Um, you know, granted, admittedly, Chicago doesn't have anybody near the talent of Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. So, I mean, that's going to be helpful. But, I mean, you know, I guess to me, the thing that was most frustrating last weekend is it felt like Green Bay didn't have a great first half and then just kind of looked at it and said, we're not going to make any adjustments, which I mean, I get there's a there's an idea of, you know, you have a scheme, you know, try to make it work. But at some point you have to realize, like, it's not working and you need to make some type of adjustment. So, I mean, I feel like the talent level for Chicago's offense is much lower than. Minnesota's so I think the defense is going to bounce back but I mean what are you looking to see out of this defense uh against the Bears this weekend given you know how different Chicago's offense is than Minnesota's I think the the biggest thing last week that just turned like that got fans so frustrated was one this is the highest high highest expectations we've had on a defense or for a defense for a long time and Justin Jefferson the one guy you need to stop on that team, well, I know they have Dalvin Cook, but the one passing threat you need to stop on that team cooked you. And not even just cooked you, he was wide open on routes. So I think the biggest thing we need to see this this week is just better communication. Those mental errors that happened last week where Justin Jefferson's wide open in the middle of the field, like that can't happen. And granted, like you said, we're playing in an offense that has nowhere near the talent of a wide receiver that Justin Jefferson is, but just shoring up that communication, not letting those mental errors happen um, is big. It's showing improvement in the right direction. We saw this struggle last year as well in their opening game. And even the first opening couple games, our defense was not great. Turned it around under Joe Barry, ended up doing pretty well at the end of the season. Uh, I still have all the confidence in the world in this defense. I think a b- bright spot is we did get pressure on Kirk Cousins. He played a great game. There's really no way around that. Like Kirk Cousins, did well last week. It helps having people so wide open. Uh, but the biggest thing I'm looking at is just those that communication in the secondary, the thing that was supposed to be one of the strongest in this unit. You have Jair back, Razul after a breakout season, Eric Stokes. Um, I'm hoping we don't see the the tough part is with Eric Stokes, sometimes there's that sophomore slump that he needs to get out of. And with Razul, there's always that chance that last season was an outlier. So they have those two things where they need to prove people wrong to where like this three is solid. Um, so I'm hoping that this, this week's a bounce back to where they're communicating. Well, don't let that dumb stuff happen. And I, I know people, some people don't like Joe Barry. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's a good D coordinator. We saw it last year. We're going to see it again. We have too much talent to let this, let this uh, keep going the wrong direction. And Gage, I mean, the one big thing that I will say that is going to look different for Green Bay's defense this week as opposed to last week, um, Kirk Cousins, not much of a mover. He is definitely a pocket quarterback. Justin Fields definitely has that athleticism. Is that any 
any concern, any bit of a challenge for Green Bay's defense this weekend, given that Justin Fields can certainly make way more plays with his legs than Kirk Cousins can. It's just another factor that this that this defense now has to focus on. Um, any concern there? And what do you expect to see them do? You know, against Justin Fields. I mean, as far as I can think, I don't. I'll admit I don't know the Bears roster that well, but I mean, their leading receiver, their top receiver right now is. A guy Pretty sure it's Dante him. Pettis, if I remember correctly, because but it's but like just on, that's on the guy year. That used to play for Green Bay EQ. I mean, EQ, that's no, I much. no. So Darnell Mooney's their number one on their depth chart. Pettis right now, I believe, is their leading receiver after Week One, and that's entirely tied to one play. He got wide open. It was if I remember correctly, it was like third and eight or so, something like that. He got behind the defense just they lost him like the defense completely let him go he got like a 55 yard touchdown when i say wide open like he made jefferson justin jefferson look covered that's how open he was yeah 51 yards and a touchdown yeah he was wide open but anyway um by the way jimmy you mentioned uh their pressure last week they were seventh in in pressure percentage uh kirk cousins was under pressure on 33.3 percent of his dropbacks and they were actually second in qb knockdown percentage with a 21.9 percent so basically they they were all over kirk last week they only got one sack but they were they were all over him so i just so i wanted to give a little more context to that one here's how you slow down justin fields and the fact that he is more athletic than kirk although kirk runs a little bit more and he gets credit for it. but you know um so there's this all there's the defensive line and then there's these guys that play right behind him there's a guy named Devondre Campbell and a guy named Quay Walker you drafted one in the first round but you traded for hit the pick they used to get him and then you draft and then you paid one instead of paying for other guys that's how you stop him that's why they're there it doesn't matter what anybody else in the defense does that's what those two guys are there for, to deal with guys like Justin Fields, because Justin Fields is a great athlete, no doubt about it. They, Those two guys got to be able to go sideline to sideline to slow him down. If he's getting out of the pocket, they got to be able to get there. You want your edge, like Gary and Preston, to keep contained and keep him from getting out of the pocket. But when he escapes, they got to be there. They got to have their eyes on him. And I know that – and granted, my – like wedging defense is man coverage all day. And so if that is, so that would mean that they would turn their back to it. But I think if that's the case, you need to spy. Like if you're going to do man coverage, which I would love you to do. And against this offense with these corners and safeties that you have, you can do that. You can run man up on these kids and it will be no problem. doesn't matter if Felix Jones jr. Ends up playing despite being doubtful as of uh, this recording, you can match up against these guys. But if you're going to do that, you got to spy one of the linebackers. I don't care which one. Both of them can deal with him, but you got to put one of them on him if you're going to uh if you're going to run man man to man coverage. So I think that's how you deal with him. You put your linebackers and say, "Hey, if we're man coverage, one of you stay home. I don't care who does it. One of you has got to stay there." Personally, I'd probably prefer, prefer uh Devondre to be the guy that goes off in the coverage and let Quay be Quay be the spy just from the standpoint of he's younger, he's not as experienced in coverage. See ball, hit ball, and that's all he has got to do in that situation. Just go side to side with him, and then when he starts going, that's when you break. That's uh, that's honestly how I would handle uh, Fields and his ability to run the ball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Do you think, so last week, one thing that kind of surprised me is we saw that three linebacker set with Chris Barnes, Walker, and Campbell. Obviously, Barnes is out. Do you think we see that this week with Isaiah McDuffie, or do you think they just go with two inside line, or like two linebackers on the field? I think they just go two. Two. Uh, I don't, like if anything, you might, like you might add in an extra defensive lineman, but I don't think they bring McDuffie in. I mean, oh, we might see it for a snap or two, but I would expect less three linebacker sets and more two linebacker sets and go like four, two, what would it be four, two, five, or yeah, four, two, five going backwards. So you'd have Gary, you'd have your two down linemen, two linebackers, and then three corners, two safeties is that's probably what they're going to run in most of the night. Cause here's the thing that that offensive line for the bears, as bad as green Bay's is just from injuries, the Bears one is just flat out bad. It has nothing to do with injuries. They just don't have anybody. Um, so they can win up front, and that shouldn't be a problem. So I would rather keep as kind of the classic, like, put your good guys on the field type thing. Like, get your, like, you got three stud corners, you got two really good safeties, you got two really good linebackers, you got your pass rushers, you got your star defensive linemen. Put your best guys out there, and your best guys are going to beat their best guys. That's just how it is right now. This Bears team is devoid of talent in all sorts of areas. Like their defense has got some decent players left, but that offense is yikes. Hey, we got to give them credit though. They at least won the game last week. Uh-huh. You know, you, you <laughs> tip the cap. You, you got me there. Congrats you know. on winning the monsoon game. Yeah. Well, real quick guys, let's wrap things up here. Um, just quick prediction time, Jimmy, uh, your prediction for the game. Uh, you mentioned how we're our record against the bears. LaFleur does well in these bounce back games. Rogers, obviously we heard last year, he still owns the bears. 
I think we destroy them. I would not be surprised if it's like 38 to 10. I think we're going to kick their ass. Gage, what do you got? You know, I think Green Bay wins. I think Green Bay wins handily, but I also don't necessarily think it's that high scoring, high scoring of a game. So fun fact, in the six matchups against the Bears with Aaron Rodgers, uh, with Matt LaFleur on the sideline, Aaron Rodgers has gone over 250 yards one time, and that was last year in the Jakeem Grant game where Jakeem Grant had the punt return touchdown. It was just all sorts of craziness. That is the old, And Aaron threw for like 345 yards or something like that. When Green Bay has played against Chicago under Matt LaFleur, they have not – they they don't run up the score a lot. They try and play a they play a slow pace. They use the clock a lot, and they are really good at running the ball. I think that's what happens here. So I think Green Bay can still dominate the game, and it'll be one of those where like Green Bay wins like twenty four ten, and like they give up a touchdown, they give up a field goal on like a drive that just gets long enough or like a big play or whatever, and then people are like, man, Green Bay only won by fourteen, and then you go check the box score and it wasn't actually that close. It was just green Bay just, just dominated time of possession and had really long drives. Like they have like four 15 play drives and three of them result in touchdowns and one field goal. So 24, 10 is what I would go with. And I'm sure most people listening will be like, that's not a blowout. It's like, no, it's, you can have a blowout like that. Sorry, Siri. And my watch is chiming in there, but so that's where I'm at. 24, 10, 27, 10, something like that. A game that's not as close as the scoreboard might indicate. I'm going to I'm going to be the the downer with this group. I still think Green Bay wins. I just they've got a lot to figure out right now and a lot of it is in the passing game and Lazard being back is definitely going to help but you know they still got to figure out, you know, Rodgers got to figure out Watson and Dobbs and even Watkins. I mean that that rapport is not there yet. I think Green Bay wins, but I think it's a lot closer than what fans will probably want it to feel like. I'll go I'll go 27-21 Green Bay, um, but I, I think it's close. Um, I, I still think there's going to be growing pains with this game. I, I guarantee you there's going to be at least two plays where everybody's sitting on their couch yelling at their TV, wondering what the hell the offense is doing. Um, it's just it's it's the reality of where this offense is at right now. It doesn't mean it's bad. They just they have they've got things they need to figure out, and it's going to look a little funky for the first couple of weeks. The last thing I want to say is any graphics that NBC runs tomorrow about Devontae Adams receiving yards. If the rate, I don't know when the Raiders play, but I assume that they play before Green Bay because there's only two games after Green Bay plays and it, the Raiders aren't one of them. So the Raiders game will be over. If the Raiders lose, I don't want to see a damn thing about Devontae Adams receiving yards because clearly it's not doing anything. Okay. So right now we've seen it all week. Um, Devontae Adams on his receiving yards versus the Packers receiving yards. And guess what? Devontae Adams and the Packers have the exact same record as of right now. So just for the record, they're playing Arizona. They're probably not going to lose. And also Devontae Adams play, paid $500,000 for a suite at the game for his entire family to be there. If you guys are in the, for those listening, if you're in the betting market, take Devontae Adams overs, take his touchdowns, take, take everything. Cause and, and, and the only way he's not cashing Everything is if he gets hurt. He saw 17 targets in week one. He saw more targets than anybody through two. Like he's got more targets than Travis Kelsey does in two games. Take all of the Devontae overs because Derek Carr is going to feed him for four quarters t- today. 
like as you're listening to this, take all of the all of the overs. As long as Devontae doesn't get hurt, he is he is going nuclear bananas. This is the first time in his life his entire family has gotten to be there, and he paid five hundred grand for a suite. He's going to go off. So Nick, we're gonna see the graphic, and they're gonna be one and one. I'm just letting you know now. All right. Well, if if they somehow lose, I don't want to see a single graphic because, I mean, again, his production. Hey, even is, if they win, I don't want to see a graphic. I just don't <laughs> care. <laughs> win, lose, keep that shit off the screen. Yes. But as of right now, Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers have the exact same record. So clearly – Clearly not making that much of a difference right now. But all right. Well, everybody, enjoy the game tonight. Um, Bears Packers is always fun. Here's to hoping Green Bay is one and one at the end of the night. Get their first win of the season. Head into Tampa Bay with some momentum and hopefully a little bit more rapport on the offensive side of the ball. But um, real quickly, Jimmy, wrapping up here, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, follow me over on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, I'm on Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Lambo time. On brand off topic podcast that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, for Lombardi's Bar, we're doing a sackathon with Kenny Clark this season. Uh, he came on once already. He's going to come on again later this year. Uh, pledge money to donate to his foundation every sack that he gets. Um, going to good things with uh, back to school supplies, turkey drive around Thanksgiving, as well as helping uh, families that have or kids that have incarcerated parents. Um, so he's doing a lot of good work. We'd love to uh, raise as much money as we can. So if you feel like donating, uh, please, uh, please do. Awesome. Engage. If people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? As always, you can find me on Twitter at G bridge for an NFL, all of my work, uh, all of my links to all my work is over there. Uh, working on a couple pieces uh, every week for uh Roto baller, and then also possibly picking up a third one for them. And then with uh, basketball season rolling around, I'll have some nuggets coverage coming your guys' way uh, in about a month. All right. Awesome. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Um, and yet there's, as always, very little to find there. So that is a, a you problem and decision to make if you would like to do that. Nick, I do have to admit, though, when I do get a like from you, like if you like one of my tweets, I feel so special because I'm like, oh, he's never on there. He took his time to like this tweet on an app he's never on. It's, it's special to me now. Well, usually, Jimmy, I like your tweets because they're either stupid or sarcastic, and I get a chuckle out of it. So that's that's <laughs> typically why. So yeah, usually getting a good laugh morning. out of the tweets that I'm liking of yours. So, um, Well, with that being said, everybody, enjoy the game tonight. Um, and, again, hopefully we're one and one at the end of Sunday night and one win closer to overtaking the Bears as the all-time winning franchise in NFL history. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go! We'll be right back.